Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here at the factory are simple. We can discuss as many of the movie ideas sent in by you, the listener, but only one of those ideas will be taken through to the next stage where it will travel with John back to the island. I'm Joel, a man who puts the beef in Ibiza, (laughs) and across from me is John Harris, a man who, despite everything I've ever learned about him over the last 10 years, is currently on holiday in the land of Ocean Beach, Pasha, and Wayne Lineker. Hello, John. Oh, imagine meeting Wayne Lineker in the flesh. You're in beef. You're in beef. Beef. You're probably in a in a still in a nightclub as this goes out at three a.m. on a Tuesday, aren't you? Definitely. I don't have a toddler and a pregnant partner. You're living it up on the island. Yeah, she's at home looking after the toddler. You're out <laughs> every night. Yeah, I mean, you love it. Yeah, I mean, might go to Pasha, but I probably spend. I probably, Calvin Harris is doing his residency at Ashwire, so I'll probably be there most of the time. Ashwire. They. Isn't it like 80 quid to get into some of those nightclubs? I don't know. Are you? Can you give me two Ibiza predictions for your trip? Things that you think are going to happen that you may regret. It could be sunburn on your ass. It could be a scary th- you standing on a scary thing in the sea and not going back in. You know, those kind of things. I want a classic John Harris holiday jape. Yeah, I mean, a, sub- a sunburn in a random place like the neck or your ankles mm-hmm. or like somewhere you've just not thought to put sun cream on that is an absolute class oh i know what it is as of about i would say the last two years i have become irresistible to insects a, a level i was never oh, before okay i don't know what's happened what do you think what do you think has changed about you or insects? yeah i don't know is my blood got more sweet has something gone on there i, I have no idea Maybe. but honestly i am irresistible i am the hot new thing in the world of mosquitoes Wow, and words got around. The mosquitoes are telling each other, "You've got to get, you've got to get a nibble on this guy." guy. And you think, you think word might have reached Ibiza? I guess a lot of people from the UK go over there. It's not impossible to think that a mosquito could have snuck on an easyJet flight and uh, and spread the good word. Um, get those citronella candles blazing day and night. I've got, I've got everything. I've got after, I've got after bite. I've got pre bite. I've got everything ready to go. I've got antihistamines. I don't, I don't have anything that normally needs antihistamines, but I've heard that's good if you've got mosquito bites. Are you um are you excited to eat yes, I'd be through excited to eat delicious yeah. seafood? Oh yeah. All the food, delicious. That's your we've we've got a mutual friend, a guy called Joe, 
who I was recently in Australia with. Mm. And on our final night in Australia, we went out for a lovely dinner to a Greek restaurant. It was really, really great. And just as I was about to eat my barbecued charcoal octopus, Joe looked me in the eye and said, I could never eat an octopus. They're far too intelligent. And it really gave, it really gave me pause, Yeah, actually. So I'll, I'll be honest, it ruined the experience. <laughs> and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. And I haven't actually... I don't think I've eaten a meat or a dairy product since he said that to me because then we had a, there was a bit of a debate about like well at what point does an yeah. animal become intelligent so intelligent you, you don't eat it because otherwise john people well, maybe that's why the mosquitoes are eating you because you're thick ah in both in both respects maybe you're getting more stupid and now the animals find it acceptable to eat you. i do feel more stupid in the last couple of years i feel so much more stupid that's it that's what it is they've got they've got some sort of weird morality clause yeah, well, well, we do, apparently. True. Joe definitely does. And he's infected my brain, and I can't eat anything anymore, and it's really sad. Are we talking about films or what? <laughs> yeah, so how about this film idea? A reminder, listener, this is the podcast where listeners send us uh, their movie ideas, and we talk about them extensively, and that is all we do. Because John and I set out... No tangents. John and I never wanted... To, we never wanted to be two guys just chatting on a podcast. <laughs> two white guys chatting about boring shit like their holidays on a podcast. We never wanted to be that. So we said, let's have a format, and let's stick rigidly <laughs> to the format. And the only time we'll ever break away from the format is in the nice little post-credits bit. And I'd say we've we've done pretty well these last few years anyway how about this film idea from beck gran turismo spelling is the same but it's about a gran who does street races <laughs> this is really good that is really good so you're kind of fusing the too fast too furious films there and gran turismo because she's out on the street mm. she's doing tokyo drift style stuff i have i saw a trailer for gran turismo the other day at the cinema and it, i can't believe it exists as a film so par- and it is surely going to be an enormous flop so it is based on a true story though about someone who started off a guy who was addicted to the video game and then yeah but and in the in the trailer he says stuff like i've done this course a thousand times but that's like me turning up at the army (laughs) and being like i'm really good on call of duty (laughs) let me in the sas so i uh i'm into it a gran she look Cost of living crisis through the roof. Mm. And as you get older, your blood thins, you get colder, you need that heating on. She needs a way to make some cash and make it quick. So what does she do? Now, is it a gran? What's funnier, John? Is it a gran that used to be a prolific street racer rolling back the clock? Maybe she goes into a garage and it's dusty and she like whips off the dust sheet of the car Mm. and it's like a souped up coupe. Yeah. Or is it a gran that has never driven anything more than a mobility scooter learning how to become the world's greatest street racer so she can race some extra cash. i was imagining the former imagine this tra- like trailer you've got all the cool young sexy street racers they're going down they're doing their thing yeah and someone a bit like this it's cutting between her at the bingo really slow really serene cut it's like nice soft music smash cut super fast racing going on you know high energy music and it cuts but keeps cutting between those two and maybe the car crashes into the bingo hall. Wait, and the old lady's the in the car? Race. No. And that's how the old lady learns about street racing. See, uh, the the trailer I imagine is all the young sex people are doing their driving and then this new competitor appears wearing oh, like a helmet. Stick. Exactly, like the stick. Yes. No one knows who they are. And they're just incredible. They're just taking the, the rest, the, everyone else to school. Like it's unbelievable. And she gets, they get to the end of the drag race and she gets out and she has to like get into a little, little Zimmer frame. So they call her the stick. 
Yeah, because she's got a walking stick. And then stick. she takes off the helmet and she reveals she's she's an eighty year old lady. But also, I like the idea that the reason she gets into I do like your th- your your sort of concept is she gets into street racing because a car breaks into her bingo hall. And so yes. the amount, the prize for the big drag race is exactly the amount needed the, to restore the bingo hall. bingo hall. Yeah, that's the only reason she's doing it. Oh, that's that's good stuff. I'm I'm well into it. I would definitely watch that movie. You know, the silver pound is a bankable way of Huge. getting the older generation into the cinema. You know, you've you've got your Marigold Hotels, you've got your Calendar Girls, John. Other films as well. I reckon Need for Speed Twelve. We're going to be seeing because Helen Mirren's already in those films. Just get her behind the wheel of a car. You mean um, Fast and Furious? Need for Speed is a different. I mean Fast and Furious. Need for Speed video game. Turn film, uh, which isn't also Gran Turismo. It is turn film, isn't it? Is this the third driving video game? No, second because need- Too Fast and Furious was never a game. John, help. What about this one from Neil? Nightmare on Elmo Street. Whenever the residents of Sesame Street fall asleep, a disfigured Elmo preys on them in their dreams. That's horrific. <laughs> It's like a Tickle Me Elmo that was tickled too hard. Or is it a Tickle Me Elmo that was never tickled? There's a video that... I... And the only way to stop it doing evil is to tickle it. Ooh. There's, there's a video that I've definitely seen online of a Tickle Me Elmo being set alight and just laughing the whole time. And it is terrifying. Yeah. So maybe it's that sort of imagery. So, you can, so maybe deep down Tickle Me Elmos are evil. Yeah. I'd say I'd say that's fair. I've met Elmo, mm. so actually I would like to say that. But you have met Elmo. I've met Elmo. Damn. So, um, and you didn't get any evil senses from him. No, he seemed like a good. But dude. you met good Elmo. You met the version of Elmo that's going to have to fight the evil Elmo in Nightmare on Elmo of Street. Of course, yes, very good point. How I don't know much about Elmo apart from the fact that he's just a lovely monster. So I'm trying to work out what an evil version of Elmo would be, and how would you take him down? Elmo. I. I good. So I think who lives on Sesame Street? You've got the Count. I'm assuming he is nocturnal. So maybe he spots Elmo doing evil deeds at night. And so everyone in Sesame Street is convinced that good Elmo is up to these, you know, is up to no good. Of course. And so they lock him away in a bin. But the evil deeds from Elmo keep happening. Uh... And it's up to them to find out why there's an evil Elmo. That's good stuff. Don't mind it. Works for me, Joe. Works for me. Works for me. How about this one from Matt? Grown dog day. Everyone wakes up to find out that all dogs have grown five times their usual size. I was going to say ten times, but I'm leaving some room for ground dog day too. This day is a one-off event. It's not like they grow every time you look at them. That would be ridiculous. Referencing an idea from last week's podcast where every time a man saw a dog, it got bigger. The question we asked then was at what point would you notice that dogs have got out of control big? Mm. How quickly do you think you'd notice that all dogs were five (laughs) times their usual size? I think it would be pretty instantaneous, right? Maybe, but yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? I'm trying to think. But you'd, but I don't think it would be really obvious until you're seeing like a German shepherd that's the size of an elephant. <laughs> I'm just trying Because that's about right. Five times? I think if you... If you keep multiplying... If you, even if you saw a sausage dog the size of like a big Labrador, you'd be like, what the hell is going on? Now, in your mind, when a sausage dog becomes five times its original size, does it just get really, really long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, good. you think and is it still only five got... times the length, but the yeah, same yeah. height? Yeah, uh, same height, same four little legs. <laughs> I, I, you just sort of see its back end disappear around a corner, and you're like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> and then you run to look around the corner, and the sausage dog is like the length of the street. Is It's good stuff. I don't really know kind of what the point of this film is, other than we all just have to learn to live with these giant new dogs, because 
it's like a is a dog brain multiplied by five does that make it intelligent enough to sort of stand in local elections and try and you know bring about some sort of change is are the dogs going to turn on us i guess like the threat of dogs and dog attacks would become terrifying right well yeah what are you going to play fetch with well this is my that's a real real concern does groundhog day happen on the same day every year yeah so is grown dog day the same day every year because basically what 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 i'm thinking whoa oh that's a good point grown dog day so do we know in advance so in groundhog day he keeps waking up on the same day but that's kind of the whole point of groundhog day so on grown dog day he keeps waking up and i guess each day he's got a different chance to shrink dogs back to their usual size or do they increase by five times every time he wakes up on grown dog day no joel you no no that's that's ridiculous but but okay, but but okay. but if we go with Matt's theory that it's one day every year they are five times the size, do we know in advance? Like the night before, is everyone who owns a dog putting their dog in a special cage, getting out the extra extra big dog bag? That I'm into. Yeah, that I'm really into. And then they live through Grown Dog Day, so we're focusing in on a couple that have a German Shepherd. And fair play that people are still owning dogs. When they know that Grown Dog Day is coming every year. <laughs> That's true. And it hasn't just driven down people's desire to have dogs as pets. And instead maybe have a cat. So the night before, yeah, they're doing all the prep for this big husky dog that they've got. And they get through the day okay. And they all go to bed. Like, great, we're going to wake up. Dog's going to be usual size. They wake up the next day. Dogs are still massive. And that's why it's, that's how the Groundhog Day thing there comes in. There we go. Perfect. They keep living through it over and over again. Massive dogs. Sounds good. I'm into it. I love it. Would you like another one from me? Yes. What about this one from Tony? Sex Lives of the Spider-Man. A different take on the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I, look, we're all thinking about web-slinging. We're all thinking awful, awful things. And I don't think this is the forum for what's just been suggested. I think it lowers the tone. I think it's a shame. I don't want to think about those things. Because, like, comics did go for a real sort of, like, like overly sexualized phase, right? But I don't think... Mm-hmm. Spider-Man was ever victim to that, was he? You he, he wasn't getting you weren't getting like half naked Spider-Man. You I've never seen Spider-Man's bum and I hope that continues forever. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. 
Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. How about this idea <laughs> from Daps? Oceans under 11s. A year seven football team are tasked with undergoing a major bank robbery after their manager mixed up some paperwork. It's good stuff. So the team think they're going on a tour of Holland. The manager has completely forgotten to submit the paperwork and he's gambled away the money that they need to go on this tour. And so the kids, the only way they know to raise this cash is to rob a bank, a high street bank. And so it's like a mini heist movie where kids go in and they rob a bank. Yeah. We're- You've got all the personalities there, right? You've got the cool kid, the jock kind of cool kid. He's Clooney. He's getting the gang together. You've got the computer club nerds. And I mean... They're doing the hacking. We've got the every sort of... Joel's favourite bit of a film is getting the gang together. So you're going to have a big old gang, the gang to together. Get, getting the gang together. Mate. And even better when that's happening on the playground. Oh. And in various classrooms at a school. That's really good stuff. I love... I actually... This is actually a legitimately great idea. And they have expanded the Oceans universe. We've had Oceans 8. It's true. Which was an all-female lineup. Maybe they're thinking about an ocean cinematic universe where it is a, a bunch of children in like a boss baby situation. So the thing about robbing banks is apparently like allegedly, allegedly, uh, if you go into a bank and just say like, give me the money, like the rule, mm-hmm. the bank tellers are just told to do what they're told, right? That's the whole thing right. apparently. We, it was similar when I worked in Debenhams. If you were 11 years old, do you think- I wasn't allowed to stop a shoplifter. But do you think an 11-year-old coming up to you at the bank and saying, I'm oh, robbing this point. bank, you'd suddenly be like, well, you're not. Yeah, that's a good point. I just, I'm, look, but maybe that's part yeah. of it. Maybe that's the whole thing. Are they standing on top of each other's shoulders in a big long coat? If, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the end of Ocean's Eleven, the whole thing is that you think it's all gone wrong, but it turns out that the actual plan was a different mm. plan, right? And yeah. everyone's bam- you're bamboozled. The audience is bamboozled. So there could be an element of that where they get in and they're like, actually, at the end, they're like, yeah, we knew that they would never believe that 11-year-olds were trying to rob the bank, so we had to do it this way instead. Yeah, nice. And it's two kids on each other's shoulders <laughs> in a big long coat. Do you know what you never see anymore, John? Two kids on each other's shoulders in a big long coat. That it was a real touchstone of my childhood. I feel like regularly in things like the Beano and on children's TV, there was always two kids on each other's shoulders in a big long coat. And I reckon most kids today, if you said to them, two kids on each other's shoulders in a big long coat, they, they wouldn't even know what you're talking about. They have about. no idea. When you started that sentence. Because I don't need, you don't, because the thing is, John, you don't need, <laughs> if you're a kid these days and you go on Google Chrome and open up a VPN, you don't need to be on another kid's shoulders in a big long coat, no. right? There's just, there's no re, I mean, it's fun to do it. Sure. It's fun to do it. If you and your mates, you know, your young mates want to buy some vapes and look at some naughty images online, that's so easy to do these days that there is just, there are no kids borrowing their dad's big long coats. And standing on each other's shoulders anymore. They, they watch all their films on Netflix. Again, when Netflix says confirm your date of birth, it doesn't do it by checking your height. There aren't kids in their living room standing on each other's shoulders in a big long coat. But when I was a kid, John, I wouldn't leave the house unless I was on someone else's shoulders in a big long coat. <laughs> who was the first person? And I would go and buy booze. I'd go and buy... Who was the first person on someone else's shoulders in a big long coat? But- if the episode title isn't called standing on someone else's shoulders in a big long coat, then I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> But I, it was a touch, I, you know, the joke was always like, someone would stand on someone else's shoulders in a big long coat and they'd go to the cinema and say, two tickets to The Exorcist, please. But you can't, there's no opportunity to do that anymore. Kids were pretending to be over the age of 18 now are probably just like, 
I don't know, yeah, altering the little form when they log on to Fortnite or whatever it is. They're probably just, yeah, they probably just let AI do it. It's probably an AI version of yourself that looks 18 years old. Yeah. AI has That's killed sad. the big long coat industry. Uh, are you saying that AI is to the tw- is the 21st century standing on someone else's shoulders in a big long coat? I am, actually, yeah. Thank you. You're not wrong. Chat, that's essentially what AI is. You're so right. Like, like Twitter bots. A Twitter bot is essentially standing on someone else's shoulders <laughs> in a big long happening? coat, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck it out. John, would you like an idea yes, from me? Yes, please. Million dollar beanie baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. There's, um, I don't know whether it's a fighting beanie baby that suffers a traumatic injury or it's that all the rumors about beanie babies when you're a kid are actually true and people's beanie baby collections are worth millions and millions and millions of pounds and so it's you know it's about a rush on those people are breaking into other people's houses trying to steal their beanie baby collections because that when i was a kid and i wasn't standing on someone else's shoulders with a big long coat (laughs) i was spending a lot of time hearing about beanie babies and there was a lot of talk that there were limited edition beanie babies there was a princess diana one that i seem to remember was a big deal and that these beanie babies were the key to like million dollar fortunes and that people were going to sit on these beanie baby empires and one day when they grew up to an age where maybe they didn't need to stand on someone else's shoulders Mm. in a big long coat to get into the cinema they were going to sell these collections and it would essentially be their pensions you know the way that like pokemon cards and stuff legitimately are like that well i think there was a a, i think there was belief that the the beanie baby industry would be the same well that's that's the weird thing i was going to say is that when i was a kid i remember there was a local garden center that had like a weird hut in it that sold mm. Pokemon cards and Beanie Babies. And I'd go there for the Pokemon cards. And yeah, I, all I'm saying is, yeah, in the long run, that was probably the better investment. Not that I've ever sold it a It was Pokemon, the better investment. And that's why card. you're so rich now. Yeah. I think there's an interesting dynamic in the idea of suddenly, for some weird reason, yeah, all Beanie Babies are worth millions. And suddenly like that power dynamic of some guy who just happened to have like 100 Beanie Babies in his basement becomes the richest man on earth incredibly rich that is that is interesting yeah and i guess would we he's just like a normal guy with uh, yeah he's just a normal guy he's got a massive beanie baby collection like any normal guy he's just a normal guy um and he sells his beanie baby collection for tens of billions of pounds he becomes the richest man in the world and he buys a social media network and starts fighting the other social media guys uh, um, bringing it back to Million Dollar Baby, I see. There you go. They start fighting. What about this one from me? The Full On Tea. Feel-good comedy about Sheffield steel mill workers who make a brew that's a little bit too strong. <laughs> it's good stuff. I don't know how it works as a, a stage show <laughs> where whooping women come from miles around. But uh, Is it a charity yeah, like show? It. Is it, is, is, are they stripping for charity? In the Full Monty, they're trying to raise money, yeah. Maybe he's... I think, do you know, I think the Full Monty, like, won an Oscar. If you, because I, I think because it's just slightly before our sort of awareness of anything that wasn't, you know, what I'm saying is, John, when the Full Monty came out, if we'd wanted to see it, we'd have to stand on each other's shoulders in a big oh, yeah, long coat. 100%. There's no way that we could um we could watch it otherwise. But I think it was like a massive international smash hit. It was nominated, John, for four Academy Awards. That is nuts. Isn't that nuts? Best picture, best director, best original score, and best original screenplay. That is absolutely amazing. It's the year that the best original screenplay went to Goodwill Hunting. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were nominated in the same uh, year. And best director went to James Cameron for Titanic. They were robbed. <laughs> the full Monty was robbed. Okay, so they make a really strong cup of tea. 
But it, it, uh, it, and it turns out it's really popular and this cup of tea and they're like, oh, this is great. And so they set up a cafe rather than doing stripping for charity. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah. And there is a spin-off series on Disney Plus now based around that, based around the, expanding the um, Full Monty universe. So maybe that's, maybe the Disney Plusified version is that they just open a nice cafe. The FMCU. I like it, John. Thank you. Um, John, we, if you could pick your favourite film from today, what would it be? Uh, oh, Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo has to be. Uh, and we actually do need to move on, John, because there's a bloke coming into this room, but hang on, it might just be two kids standing <laughs> on each other's shoulders in a big long coat. <laughs> Well done, John. Well done, Joe. You, uh, what happened? You you sort of, between the two recordings, uh, you sort of hinted at something that happened to you during the Oppenheimer screaming. Screaming? Were you screaming? That was it. <laughs> I screamed the entire... It was scary. Uh, yeah, we ran out of time on last week's episode to talk about my Oppenheimer experience. I saw Oppenheimer. It's really fucking brilliant. Good. It's really brilliant. I know. Um, I really loved it. Everyone in it's amazing. It's fantastic. I... Uh, a couple of observations. One, I'm definitely getting thick because there's a bit at the start of the film, this isn't a spoiler, where it's just showing how like worldly wise Oppenheimer is because he doesn't just love physics. He like loves culture. And he's reading the poem, The Wasteland. And I went, oh, it's The Wasteland. I read that at uni. That poem's by... And my brain just went, you don't know anymore. <laughs> you don't know anymore who that poem's by. And this is about 10 minutes into the film. The film's three hours long. So at regular intervals, I would just so I would I would pretend I wasn't thinking about it for most of the film, and then at sort of fifteen minute intervals, I'd have another go at being like, "Did it start? Does his name start with a J?" And then I'd think about J names for ages, oh. and I didn't remember the whole movie, and I had to I had to Google it afterwards, which made me feel really sad. It's by T. S. Eliot, by the ah. way. Um, another observation: I would say a busy screening, which is good, right? That's exciting that the screenings are busy, yeah. but it's fraught with tension. Oh. Because four lads came and sat next to us, 17-year-old boys. Oh, this is dangerous. And I was so stressed. They observed the cinema code perfectly. They behaved very well. But one bloke in the row in front of me, I shit you not, took out his phone as they're doing the countdown for the bomb to go off. <laughs> not to take a photo, not to film the moment, just to look at his phone. Ah. He looked at his phone. He, he looked at his phone from the period of four, three... To, like the moment the whole film was building up to the explosion going off and then at some point after the explosion he just put his phone back in his pocket that is absolutely nuts. unbelievable it was like the like just unthinkable like i can't think of many other scenes in cinema where it's madder for you at that point like, or exclusively what this film is about is about this man developing and building this bomb and it's leading towards that bomb going off obviously i and then you're getting to the moment where the bomb's going off and he's like ah oh. Probably see what's going on on Twitter at this exact second. There's quite a lot of downtime in that film. There's quite a lot of exposition going on. Check if, I mean, obviously, never check your phone in the cinema. But if you're this guy, those are the moments to check your phone. It's like, um, yeah, like I can't sympathise with the idea of looking at your phone. But obviously, sometimes you need the toilet, particularly during a three-hour film. So yeah, I, it's just mm-hmm. it's like the idea that during the canon, you're like, yep, toilet time, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yep, oh, okay. excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, five, excuse me, four, excuse me, three. <laughs> Putting the torch on your phone, can't see a fucking thing. I think if someone did that, if someone went to the loo during that sequence, at the, uh, what would you do? Like, are, you, are you out of your yeah. mind? <laughs> 
I might go back and do it because I've seen it now. Hey, me and you should do it standing on each other's shoulders in a really long coat. Oh, well done, John. We we'll be back next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.